Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Talking Jacks. My name is Alex Warren, and I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Ben, a.k.a. The Soccer Goose. How are you today, Ben? I am pretty okay. Days removed from a loss, so better than I was Saturday. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a rough weekend for the teams that I like. Um, oh, yeah. Like, every team I like lost, so... <laughs> So yeah, across like multiple sports in multiple leagues. So uh, it's been um, it's been a bad one for uh, for sports, but you know it is what it is. It happens. Um, the independents fell zero to one, no one to zero to the St. Louis uh, FC, the St. Louis FC, um, <laughs> on what looked to be like the most miserable possible day to play or watch soccer. Yeah. Uh, pouring rain, massive puddles, windy, cold, uh, you name it. So um, what did you kind of take away from the overall performance of the team on Saturday? Um, it honestly was a, just a bit... It was disappointing, to be quite mm-hmm. frank. Um, because I think overall we did better defensively but that's the only real positive i'll take from it mm-hmm. uh, i mean i think brandon miller had some very good saves um he he did come up well um but to give up a goal in the fifth minute against a team that wants you to have the ball that will bunker and will continue to bunker we <sighs> leaned into their their playing style and yeah and we just not a great day to put it simply what did you think yeah i mean i completely agree with you there about giving up an early goal like that um we pretty much uh, that pretty much allowed them to play the game exactly the way they want to play it um Mm -hmm. that you know it's like they were playing with house money the rest of the game essentially um and we were kind of behind the eight ball once again um and just i don't you know it's just frustrating to give up a goal that easily it just seems like we just have one of these at least once a game where it's just a complete breakdown um and it usually starts with one individual mistake and then it just compounds with more individual mistakes um but these are the types of things we we have to keep cleaning up um you know there was like you said we did show a little bit of improvement um there was one major breakdown rather than being four or five or six you know St. Louis did have other moments. Um, they yeah. did hit the post, but that one was um, a late in the game when it was stretched. We were pressing, you know, we were try- really trying to get the equalizer. Um, and, you know, we were caught a little bit in transition and maybe didn't quite put enough pressure on, on the, the shooter. Um, but luckily he pinged it off the post. And then there was the other moment where Brandon Miller uh, – had he not slipped, he would have picked up the ball without there even being a shot, I think. Uh, but since he did slip, he had to kind of recover, and he made a good save, and luckily we dealt with the rebound. Um, those were really the the big moments that I remember from the game. Obviously the goal, um, which we can get into that here in a minute um, and start uh, breaking that down. But I guess we should kind of go back. Uh, there was a little bit of news that came out, um, I think this came out before the game. Bilal Duckett announced 
um, his retirement from professional soccer. Uh, for those of you who may be new to the Independence Bilal Ducket, uh, has been a member of the team since mid-2015, I believe, which is the very first season um, that the Independence existed. Uh, he's been, he, he also played for the Charlotte Eagles before that and New England Revolution in MLS, Vancouver Whitecaps in MLS, and anywhere else in the lower division that I feel like he, I feel like I'm missing a couple teams on there but um, no I don't believe so I think he's I know he's obviously been with us for a while yeah um I think you got that exactly right and it's <clears throat> it, it was a little disappointing not disappointing I would say it was not necessarily surprising to see him retire but mm-hmm. you hate to see a player like that um announce something that we you could maybe have assumed, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, he, he was a good player for us, a consistent player. I would think, mm-hmm. um, I mean, a captain of ours, yeah. for, Def- um, the majority of his time here, if not all of it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, and he, I'm trying to pull it up here since I was so, um, prepared the, his exact numbers for his minutes all time. Um, he is, where is he in here? Oh yeah. He is, uh, second all-time for minutes uh played in league history um did which i want to say is going back to like 2013 2014 i think yeah it's um did he get passed by did jorge pass him recently for minutes played or is jorge Um, already ahead of him no jorge's not above him at all okay i don't even see jorge i thought jorge maybe maybe jorge was in the uh overall appearances but yeah he like you said he was um really a staple uh, He's in appearances, sorry. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, he was really a staple of our back line for, uh, for several years. Um, when he was healthy, he was in there, and he was a good player, but even a he, an even better person. Um, so that's a that's that's a loss, I think, overall um, with the Charlotte soccer community. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he'll still be around. I think he still lives in Charlotte. Um, but uh, his his impact on the game in Charlotte will be missed for sure. Um, yep. But, you know, getting into the game, um, <laughs> maybe Bilal could have helped us out a little on Saturday if he'd have been out there. Uh, yeah. We got into a little bit of trouble there. It was maybe even St. Louis's first attack. Um, it's very, one of the very first yeah. ones. Yeah. And Mond, he tried to, um, he was out on the, defending on the wing and tried to just, I think, body the guy off the ball. And yeah. it kind of backfired because he got bodied. Uh, and then mm-hmm. really after that, he, he kind of, um, it was kind of a domino effect from there. You know, the rest of the team was scrambling, and I think the the the, the issue I had was that you know everybody who was standing near Greg, it, they they pronounce it Greg on the broadcast, but I could have swore it was pronounced Greg, but may, maybe I'm thinking of a different person. Uh, Kyle, I thought it was Kyle Greg, but. I'm pretty sure it's Greg. Regardless, I've heard it pronounced Greg a couple times other okay. places. Well, he um, um, he was able to sneak into the near post with nobody paying attention to him. Yeah, um, and I, you know that's one where you got to get tight to him and mm-hmm. you know head that ball away if you're you know Roberts or Tico. Um, he was close. Tico was the closest man, and I yeah. think he just kind of fell asleep uh, watching the ball. Which it happens to everybody. Uh, it sucks when it does, but yep. it does happen. And I think from there, you know, we were just behind the eight ball. We didn't really get to see uh, 
how this game would have played out had we sustained, you know, a clean sheet for 20, 30, 45 minutes. You know, it's just, it's, yeah. it, that's the most frustrating thing is that I think, um, if you could take out that one moment, I think this game plays, plays out much differently. Um, mm-hmm. but you can't, that you can't do that. Uh, that's not how this works, but we, you know, them scoring that goal really just put them in the perfect position for what they want to do. Uh, they really kind of suffocated us anytime we got close to the final third. Uh, we had a lot of sloppy passes in the final third and just, we really couldn't get anything going. Um, yep. I think we took like two shots from inside the box or at least on target that were inside the box. It was something I felt like we took every shot outside of the box. Um, yeah, it definitely, they didn't give us much, unfortunately. And it it's, it's like you've been saying it's it, it's really frustrating because it was almost a perfect storm of of mistakes essentially that led up to the goal. Yeah. And then St. Louis is just a team that's going to bunker, especially if they've got a lead. Um, they're going to bunker. They're going to handle pressure. Um, and they did that. They did it well. Um, and they, I think, even more so than anything else, they really hurt us in the midfield. Um, because they gave us a good number of opportunities to to get to get wide to take advantage of space in those areas but the midfield it totally took away from Enzo's game. I mean, I think Lewis just looking at it here, not to say too many good things about Lewis cuz he's on the other side now. Um, but I mean, he won 14 duels and um, Enzo oh, yeah. himself lost 12. So yeah. I'm assuming a, there's a, a decent bit of crossover there. Yeah. It's, it's safe to assume there. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it, it was a tough game and it, it's honestly going into it. I don't think we talked about this on the podcast. Um, I didn't really expect us to win quite frankly. Um, just with the way it, it's, it's two teams kind of trending different ways. Unfortunately, St. Louis is good. They still haven't lost a game. They've played a lot of games at home. Um, in fact, I don't think they've played away. Could be wrong on that. But um, so it's it's a tough situation. And on top of it, scoring going down early against a team that's bunkering and it being rainy and wet. Yeah, that's something we haven't even mentioned yet is the conditions yeah. absolutely sucked. Oh, um, yeah. Like, it was... if, any, if anybody saw the Columbus-Atlanta, it wasn't like that. It wasn't, that, gonna... it wasn't quite that bad, but it was close. There was parts of the pitch that were terrible. Like the very yeah. beginning of the game, when we were passing it around the back, or our back end, uh-huh. it was like, it looked like it was sand kicking. Every up. time we passed the ball backwards, my heart went into my throat because yeah. I could just see the ball just stopping in a puddle and, and then scoring a goal. I mean, you've seen that in other leagues. Yeah. Um, other you've times on, on crazy wet Louisville? situations. Um, um, but yeah, I... It was a very frustrating day all around, including the the conditions. Um, it was, I don't know, we, we had a couple of moments where we had some opportunities, but we we just couldn't put it together in the final third, which, yeah. I mean, we sound probably like a broken record because we've said that so many times over the last three seasons of doing the podcast. Um, but that's been one of the things that the independents have struggled with uh, early in this season and in the past at times when they struggle, it's um, a lot of pretty 
maybe not pretty in this game because of the conditions and everything, but uh, a lot of pretty passing in the midfield and in the, but when you get to the final third, it's, uh, it can get a little stagnant or too many, maybe too many times trying to take somebody on -on one-on-one when maybe there's a better opportunity if you lay the ball off to a teammate. I think, I think Enzo is really pressing to get that first goal. Um, Mm. He does, he doesn't quite look like himself out there. I think he's just, um, I think he's trying to make an impact. Uh, and I think he's being encouraged by the coaching staff to make an impact. You know, we've heard them talk about they want Enzo to float. They want Enzo to get into space where he can make plays. Um, but Enzo has been at his best so far this season when he's been uh, playing guys in and, and making plays for others. It's it's where he struggled is having, has been looking for goal for himself um, because, I mean, the only I mean he's probably the closest he came to goal was probably the the two two efforts he had on Saturday the one on the free kick where he kind of caught the keeper off his line a little bit and then the one where he kind of hit it right at the keeper um, off of a corner kick and you know, kind of recycled corner kick so it's not like he's been uh, all that close and I, I I can't remember him taking a shot from inside the box really yet. So I think he's getting a little frustrated and being a little bit um, maybe needs to be a little bit more selective when he does shoot because I think there's been opportunities to maybe play a quick one-two rather than go for a shot uh, from 20 to 25 yards out. Um, I mean, obviously, you want Enzo to be confident. You want him to take those chances at times when he's you know when he's in form. Uh, but I, I feel like he's just not quite clicking there yet. Um and he's uh, he's he's just kind of pressing a little bit to try to to get that first goal. Do you see that at all? Yeah, I mean, I will, I will say that he has definitely. I can recall one shot. I think it was in against Atlanta that was saved near post. That was he. He has had some decent opportunities, but I, you do kind of want to wonder if in the back of his head he's really wanting that first goal. Yeah. Because I mean, quite frankly, he hasn't scored a goal in a year plus time. Um, well, he scored in a friendly, but in a, in, in oh, actual competition, yeah. yeah, you're right. He hasn't scored yeah. since. Uh, he hasn't scored for the Independence since the 2017 playoffs, um, which yeah. feels like an eternity and, ago. But and he definitely has said that it's not a that he's probably going to score less goals this year. He did so. say that, and so like it's not like a lack of. I don't think it's a. I mean, he's obviously self aware enough to know that. Um, there's enough people around him this year to score goals that he doesn't have to go and score 18 goals, which I think he was the number he scored in 2017 uh, because he's yeah. got a guy like Oduro. He's got Jorge coming off the bench. He's got, you know, Alex has gotten himself into pretty decent situations um, to score. So there, there are other players out there who can make plays. Um, I think the chemistry is still a work in progress with those front, those, with those attackers. Um, yeah, Mensali is seemingly struggling to find where he fits. Um, I, I don't know. We, I feel like we have a lot of players who kind of want to do the same things on that left side. We have Jake Ehrman, who's playing in a central role, but really wants to drift wide and wants to get outside. And you have Gutman, who's best probably when he's he can you know he can in, he can go underneath the the, the winger. And look for yep. goals that way, or he can overlap and put balls in the box. And then Mensali kind of can, it appears, can do the same thing, but that's three players 
for maybe one and a half rolls, if that makes sense. Um, no, yeah. So I think I think somebody's going to have to. They're just the, the, those three really, especially, are, need to figure out the the chemistry of movement and and who's making what runs. Um, but I, it, I think it will come. I think what we've seen from this team is we've seen flashes. Uh, we've seen the, yeah. you know, thirty at least twenty to thirty minutes of every game. They've played really well. Um, they just have to start mm-hmm. putting that together in better stretches, longer stretches, and and stop starting so slow. Um, we have a yeah. question about that, but that that's been killing us is the is the slow starts. Um, but but. We, you know, we've seen the potential late in games. Uh, didn't quite come off on Saturday, but we definitely put way more pressure on them in the last 20 minutes than we had the whole 70 minutes. So that's a weird thing that's happening. Um, and maybe it simply is just a fitness thing. Maybe it's just that we're ahead of everybody else fitness-wise um, because that has been an emphasis in preseason. Um, and so maybe it's manifesting itself in that other teams are just getting kind of tired and, and we're not tired in the last bits of games. Um, mm. so maybe we'll see that kind of g- translate earlier in the game sooner, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about, um, just kind of everything I've said? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I would, this isn't going to be very <laughs> combative podcast, but I probably agree with all those things. To be honest with you. I think, I think the biggest thing we were missing and I think the game changed in a decent way when when joel came on um i i it wasn't obviously yeah. a huge impact but i think his his pace and his ability to to press on that side of the pitch mm-hmm. was noticeable um as well as again um i think hill did really good i yeah. think he made a, a essentially an instant impact um and i think we can i think this is the third time in a row we've seen well, third game in a row, and every time we've played, we've done double subs together. Is that I th- right? I think so. Yeah. So we I definitely think you might be right. I don't remember all. I don't. I can't remember if Oduro came on with somebody else in the first game or not. Yeah. Um, but I think things did improve in those when that did happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you know. I think <laughs> I'd be curious to see. I don't think there's a way of doing it. Um, I'm sure Jason will tell me if there is, um, but I don't think there's a way of seeing like how much possession we had later in the game. But I feel like we we controlled possession and had some good opportunity. We had some good attacking possession. It's just that St. Louis is a good defensive team. Yeah, I mean, and we still have yet to figure out if Indy Eleven is a very good defensive team. I would, I would probably lean on they're not going to be a strong defensive team not yet. Atlanta United two, maybe not a great defensive team. So I, I think I, I would be troubled if we got blown out. Mm-hmm. If especially those those settings, a one zero loss in a rainy game where we went down early. I hate to say that I'm not concerned, but I'm really not that concerned. Um, and we were under um underpowered like we didn't have joel from for the first half of the game we never saw george and Mm -hmm. i think that's the biggest thing i noticed in this game is our midfield whether or not they were outplayed i just don't think we 
we found the right combination there. No, we um, certainly have not found a good, com- a great combination in midfield. Yeah. I think to go back to what you were talking about earlier about Mark Hill, I think from what we've seen from him, um, I think once he is 90 minutes fit, I think he's going yeah. to be a 90 minute player for us uh, most, yeah. more often than not. I think mm-hmm. I, the combination I want to see most uh, going forward in the midfield is Mark Hill and Kevon playing together from the start. Uh, yeah, but we would, it may be a little really bit before good. we can see that because I think Dave Dixon said on on second yellow last week that Mark Hill is really only thirty to forty minutes fit right now, so yep. he's probably you know it's going to take him a couple more weeks probably to get acclimated to get up to full fitness. Uh, I would like to see maybe he get a start in Charleston and hope you know hope yep. he can go you know 50 60 minutes at the, from the start, um, but maybe he's not quite maybe you know maybe that's too much to ask. But I think, I think we, what we've seen is that uh, Jake plays better when he's out wide to the left. So I wouldn't mind seeing Alex moved inside to the middle um, and, and, ha- and allow Jake to start out wide on the left, you know, put, you know, one of Enzo, Oduro, Jorge up top, and then... Uh, I don't know, Oduro on the right if Enzo's up top. You know, I'd like to see some different combinations because one, I think Alex is actually playing pretty well. Um, so maybe I shouldn't be so quick yeah. to, to move him off the right wing because he seems to be kind of contributing pretty well there. And I think he's struggling a little bit with, with some chemistry as well because he hasn't gotten to play with Joel much. Um, yeah. You know, Joel started the first game, played the whole game. And then didn't obviously wasn't available for Atlanta, wasn't fully fit um, and available this week in St. Louis. He's going to be a, 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 an out and out right back, uh, you know, week in and week out mm-hmm. for the most part, um, unless he picks up a yellow card accumulation suspension because that's what he yeah. does. Um, uh, yeah. That's the one area of his game that uh, I'd like to see him work on is um, the yellow cards, <laughs> getting those down. Yeah. But he, you know, maybe he was cranky he had a lot of travel and you know his his international squad didn't reach the afcon um cup of nations yeah. so i mean I'll, I'll, <laughs> i will defend him arguing with the ref though I, he, he went he went over the, the no he went over the line to get a yellow yeah card, he went over the line but like i think it was greg he basically just he pulled a harry kane he felt contact and fell over like, well I, I mean i can i get the frustration because the referee had been allowing them to make a lot of contact. And I think, I think what Joel did was, was be a foul 90% of times. But in this game, the referee was not really calling that a foul. And so I can understand him being frustrated, but you can't lose it over a foul in the middle. Like you can't lose it over that foul. Yeah. Like, and that was two minutes after he came on the pitch. So yeah, it's also like, you can't, you can't like that. That's just pick your battles. You know, yeah. that's not a, yeah. that's not a hill. He should be willing to, to die on or get a yellow card on uh, because it was, <laughs> Even if it was a foul, it was a smart foul because he stopped a counter, but not bad enough to where he would pick up a card for stopping the counter. Um, it was a smart tactical foul. I, I just don't know why he lost his cool like that. Um, like it was, it, yeah, it was a physical game, but more often than not, that's going to be called a foul. Um, yeah, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I thought, like he you said, I thought it when for he, simulation I, though, as we uh, well, lean into it, we'll get to that. He could have yeah. called it for simulation. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, but no I think Joel I, he brought a lot of energy and just quite frankly like we don't have anybody you know Mond 
has done a job for a couple of weeks at right back, but he's clearly not a right back. Um, yeah, it was immediately it immediately opened up that right wing in the attack in ways that just were not available for the first 60, 70 minutes. Um, yeah. when Mond was when 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 Mond was at that position, um, yep. I, I think another thing I would like to see is how Taku plays in that right back role. Because he was, I mean, everything that's been released by the team is that he uh, was kind of brought in to be Joel's backup at right back. Um, and I think due to different factors, he's had to play all of his minutes in the in midfield. Um, and I think he just hasn't really looked all that comfortable in most of his midfield roles. I think if he's going to be in the midfield, he doesn't need to be the the kind of main defensive midfielder uh, because he's struggled, yeah. he struggled at moments kind of with his back um receiving a pass from like a defend one you know one of the center backs or the fullbacks and like turning and he's given the ball away in the middle of the field a lot in those situations so he he yeah. when he did play well it was a little bit further up the field where he could kind of um not have to worry so much about losing the ball in in in, the, in that really dangerous area of the field so I'd I'd like to see what he looks like as a as a backup right back or further up the field, you know, with Kevon kind of behind him and cleaning up the mess when when it's made, uh, because I think yeah. that's that's Kevon's best role, um, and we mm-hmm. have he's another guy that we haven't really been able to fully implement into the team. Um, so like, there's several reasons why the team looks disjointed um, because they are, and there's there's valid reasons for it. There's some maybe excuses for it. Um, but I don't think it's time to hit the panic button. I maybe not, I'm not quite as unconcerned as you. Like I am concerned because this is the third week in a row where we've given up a really stupid, easy goal. Um, and yes, we, after that, we kind of cleaned it up, but at the same time, St. Louis really wasn't on the front foot at all after that. And in these conditions, I mean, the conditions really are, are a lot more favorable for a defender, uh, because with the ball moving so slow um you have more time to react uh that kind of thing so i don't know i i'm I'm with you it's not time to panic but we gotta start cleaning up these stupid goals i mean like we gotta start making teams earn the goal you know yeah that's it's whether you want to call it a a one-point march we only played three games so Mm -hmm. that can kind of be thrown out the window as far as i'm concerned if we played four games, I'd be concerned. One point in four games is not great, especially two at home. But I think there, yeah, we it's still early. And this is, the other thing, I forget the exact stats. And Jason tweets too much nowadays, so I won't be able to find it. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get called out for that. <laughs> um, but he he put up a good stat where it broke down the way we started since our when we became a club in 2015 and we've never really started well. And when we had the last, last year, year, we started um, well and absolutely cratered after that. So yeah. it so is, we, it is kind of a toss up, but this is, I mean, we, this has been, we've faced three really tough teams off the bat. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't, you wouldn't expect Atlanta may not end up being a playoff contender or, or a top team, but you have to remember who was on the roster the night we played them. Um, that yeah. was a much tougher team than they're probably going to be the majority of the time this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it doesn't get any easier. We get Charleston away next week. 
And then yeah. after that, um, I believe we have, is it two at home, two right. in a row at home? Is it yeah. Red Bull at home, which you never know what you're going to get when you see them. They could be the best team in the league yeah. or the worst team in the league, depending on who's down and, and what kind of mood they're in. Uh, yeah, and then right. and then you have the, the Derby uh, the following week. Oh, so that like is the next week. It, we're, oh, it, we're not talking about playing. You know, we're not going to get to see Hartford. We're not going to get to see uh, Loudon. Like some of these teams who look to not be very good. Um, yeah, it's uh, it. We got to get together because it's not going to get any easier. This is a conference that is. There's not going to be many off weeks. Uh, there's not going to be many weeks where you get to play uh, Richmond on Saturday and then ter- Toronto on Wednesday. Um, that's not we really. We don't play Toronto this year. Yeah, so we don't play Richmond either. Um, yeah, th- those those you know kind of mail it in games aren't there. Um, yeah, but we have some listener questions, so we should move to those so we don't talk all night. Um, <laughs> the first question is from Richard, and he asked: Enzo, no penalty. Saint Jorge, no penalty. We should have had at least one given, right? Um, we talked about this before the show. I I just can't remember the Enzo one. Um, I obviously remember the Jorge one because it was very dramatic. Um, I, I, so n- with my knowledge of not remembering the Enzo one, I don't think the Jorge one was a penalty. But I also want to say that I don't think it was a dive. I don't think – I, I think – because if it had been anybody else on our team, I would have been like, okay, that's a clear dive. But because it's yeah. Jorge, I want to <laughs> give him the benefit of the doubt and think maybe he just he, – maybe he did trip. Uh, because you could, I mean, he obviously his foot went into the ground, whether it went in the ground on purpose or whether or not he just tripped. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to lean on the side of Jorge has been, you know, he's, he's been the player on our team with the most integrity. Um, he doesn't dive. He doesn't embellish. Um, he, that's just not in his game. I wish it was because there's times when he's gotten fouled and I wanted him to go down but he just doesn't do it. And it's frustrating as a fan to, to watch him try to play through that contact at times when, when it, when you feel like maybe we would have had a good opportunity if he had gone down. Um, but it was, maybe it was a situation where like, you know, he, this guy lunged in, which the guy did lunge in, but he just didn't make contact. Um, yeah. And maybe he saw an opportunity to maybe try to deceive the referee. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't think that's in Jorge's game. So, um, but that's maybe that's just me being too biased but i don't know yeah i i won't say that i that he did get contact with him but it was close mm-hmm. i will it looked like he was very close to him and like i'll i'll give the referee some credit because he did he did a very divey motion to throw his body like he did mm-hmm. but also like that happens all the time <laughs> Yeah. And to give a card for that, I felt was just unnecessary in a way. Um, I mean, if he if he was rolling around on the ground after the fact, I would totally get it. And he deserved it. I would I would be calling I wouldn't be calling for him to get a yellow card, but he would deserve a yellow card because that's simulation. Quite frankly, I think that's what simulation needs to be for rather than a situation where a player exaggerates contact essentially, which are kind of the same thing in a way. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like it, it was, yeah, it, it wasn't great. Um, I don't think it was necessarily a penalty worthy contact in the box. Um, but I don't think it was yellow card worthy either. Um, but yeah, I digress. 
Yeah, I, I I agree with you about I don't I don't really think he should have given, been given a card, um, because just of, because of his reputation, honestly. Um, <laughs> but, He's a saint. But it's you know it it was it wasn't a penalty either. Um, the Enzo one I just don't remember. I don't I don't remember. I feel like I would have remembered if I thought it was an obvious penalty. Uh, so obviously I didn't think it was a penalty either uh, for the Enzo time because I don't remember it. <laughs> yep. So um, this one is also from Richard. He says, Charlotte appeared to control many portions of the game, particularly in the second half. We know Charlotte can score, especially after the 70-minute mark. What was the difference on Saturday? Whether St. Louis defense, a lack of librettos pizza, or something else? Which we kind of <laughs> talked about this in the last segment of the kind of game review. But um, I yeah. think it was a combination. Like, St. Louis obviously is the best defensive team we've played. And it was being – we were on the road. Um, yeah. That was our first road game. The weather was miserable. Um, maybe it was a lack of pizza. I don't know. Um, it was definitely just a good pizza in St. I want to, I, I do want to like, like their bagels. <laughs> they slice it vertically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I would, I do want to give them credit because I, I mean, they, their game plan was obviously once, once they scored, their game plan was to just defend. Um, and they did it well. And <laughs> like you were saying, Lewis Hilton was all over the place. Um, yeah. Which really sucked to see, uh, because so I, I I miss Lewis Hilton. He would be so good on this team. Um, he would be he would I mean, he would be good on any team in the league. But it sucks yeah. that we don't get to see him play anymore in Charlotte. Um, he was one of our favorite players, I know. But uh, <laughs> the Caleb Calvert miss was kind of gratifying because he's missed he's missed so many like that for us. It was nice to for the shoe to be on the other foot and. Uh, and be missing it against us instead of for us but maybe that's mean I don't yeah know. it was no i mean you're right it's uh <laughs> it's definitely more difficult than anything else but it's i think the other thing um which i may have briefly touched base on this but i think the thing that lewis hilton and uh guy bend their two central midfielders did well and that we were really good at in the first two games um is that they took away the midfield for us entirely. Mm-hmm. They forced us out wide because the thing we've done really well in the attack in the, in the first two games is we've Enzo and Alex and Jake and Mark Hill and fill in the blank have done really good one-on-one in the midfield. They've taken, they've taken their guy mm-hmm. and they've gotten around them. They've made some really good passes here and there. And we found space on a cross um to Jorge on another cross to to Dom on the ground and they didn't give it to us and the pitch didn't want to give it to us either with as as damp as it was yeah um I think that's an I, I mean we've talked about it but I think that's a huge factor in it too if we I kind of hate to say it but if we play this on a normal condition game it's probably a different outcome quite frankly um I mean it is the game you're going to want to play but maybe we also, yeah. I, I also don't want to like give us too much credit because I think if you played this on a completely clean field, we could have lost three zero just as easily as we could have drawn one one or something because I, it's really hard to evaluate either team in this situation um, because who knows? You yeah. know the um, I forget is it Devon Kerr? Was he? Is that how you say his name or is it just Devin Kerr? The, uh, I think the announcer. Yeah, so he Devin. he was saying that and if on a on a dry field, the one where they hit the post, he said would have been in the back of the net. Um, so it, it, that could go either way. So I don't want to like, 
I don't know. I don't want it to, to feel like, um, yeah. I don't want to say that like we like dominated or anything. I don't feel like this was an unfair result by any means. Um, it was very ugly to watch and maybe it would have made a difference mm-hmm. had we played it on a clean surface. Um, but it's kind of hard to say definitively whether or not that would have helped us as much as it could have hurt us as well. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's hard to say. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, there is more soccer to come. There is. And uh, we have one more question, uh, just to wrap oh, up yeah. the whole field discussion. Um, our, our buddy Matt TW asks, uh, should the game have been postponed because of the conditions? It's it's an interesting debate because, I mean, when you it, we've talked about it too, but when you compare the Atlanta field, then like our field was fine. Like it yeah. was leaps and bounds. It was yep. playable. But like there, I think there is an argument to be made because isn't there a, a, a ball roll, ball drop? Yeah. I don't know the exact wording of it. Yeah. But it's it's essentially where they drop a soccer ball on the pitch and it's not supposed to just stop, right? Is is that the the idea? Like it's supposed to roll. Yeah, I don't I can't find it because everything is about um when I put in FIFA in the title, it's all about the video game. Oh, <laughs> thanks a lot, EA Sports. Let me try to soccer. Um, this is doing yeah, think... really good uh, podcasting. No. <laughs> Great with you. Can you hear him typing? Um, yeah, I think it's... Yeah, whatever. It's I'm not going to... Probably one of the worst ones I've seen played on. Yeah. Um, I'd be curious to see, because I know Louisville, there's a baseball field, of course, but Louisville had a game postponed. They've had multiple and... games postponed because of weather. Um... Yeah, and they had... It wasn't as bad as our situation, or our situation wasn't as bad as theirs because they like they had a lake in the goal yeah. Their uh, the way their field so, is, I guess there's little dips and stuff where the near the goals because every mm-hmm. time it rains a lot there, it does flood uh, right yeah. around the goal and it, it just like stops. I think if it had been postponed, I don't think I would have. I don't think there would have been a lot of outrage. Um, yeah, in a league that had. In a league with better resources, um, more money, bigger budgets, where you could afford probably to change the whole team's flight and hotel reservations and all that, um, I think you might have maybe seen a postponement, but Mm. it's not, I don't think it was completely unplayable. It was, it was probably borderline. um, And in in, in a league like USL Championship, the league just doesn't have the resources to to postpone a lot of games so it has to be dire yeah. it has to be like like louisville was where there's where it's mm-hmm. literally just absolutely unplayable um yeah. so yeah it stinks but they had to play on the field too and they they took advantage of um their situation by scoring early and then they didn't really have to do a whole lot but defend yeah. um so they played they played a played the conditions well they played the game well um we just didn't respond very well um in the first few minutes so um Oh, that actually kind of brings me. We do have one more question that I missed. It's, Ooh, it was. I will say one thing about the weather too, though. Uh-huh. If this would have been at home, Jim would have been out there brooming the water away, and as well as other Jacks militia supporters. So, what were you doing, St. Luligans? Because they weren't sweeping off the water. That's we would good, have done it. It's a good point. Also, yeah. if it had been in our field, it probably 
would have drained better because it's grass exactly. versus turf. Um, yeah. It would have been. It would have really torn up the pitch though for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So that would have been. Wouldn't have been great. That would not have been ideal either. But that was a deep. Dive. It would have been warmer and. Uh, uh, Ramblewood uh, supporter <laughs> back when we played at Ramblewood. There yeah. was. That definitely did happen. Um, but yeah, sorry. Continue with the other question. Yeah. Here. So the I was kind of going off of, you know, we fell asleep early. Uh, Charles asked, "Why are we giving up so many early goals?" Um, and I don't know what to make of it. Like. It just seems like we're not in the game. Like, our head's not in the game to start. Like, you don't – we just had – it's happened so many times where where guys just don't seem awake all the way defensively um, until that first threat comes in and they can defend it, and it seems like they wake up. Yeah. Oh, but they're just not – they're they're scoring on that one – that first chance, it seems like. Um yeah. So I I don't know I don't know if it's a mentality thing I don't know if it's just um they're we not we may not be getting set appropriately um and it's we got FIFA in a way again not quite FIFA but in a way FIFA <laughs> I'm just gonna bring that up again because I want to um but yeah it's it's a tough one unfortunately but the season is young oh it is young. Mm-hmm. well that does it for our questions um one more bit of news it doesn't really concern the independence i don't think uh but the charlotte hounds did announce uh that they have ceased operations for the next two years um mm. and they are going to rejoin major league lacrosse in 2021 when the renovations are complete at memorial stadium uh, there was there's an article about it in the Charlotte Observer where uh, Jim is quoted saying, you know, they're just going to focus on soccer for the next two years um, and, and try to rejoin the league in 2021. So that's a mm. bit uh, out of left field. I thought it was an April Fool's joke when I saw it this morning. And then you should <laughs> pointed me to the to the actual news articles by journalists. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, the Charlotte Hounds are owned and operated by the same group that owns and operates the Charlotte independence. They share an office. Mm-hmm. They share, um, they did share. They were, the plan was they were going to share Memorial stadium in the future. They will share Memorial stadium, uh, along with the County yep. and a lot of other people. Um, so that's a, that, that it'll be interesting to see if that affects the independence in any way. Um, but do you have any thoughts on that before we get out of here? Yeah, it's, it's, I hope it doesn't affect them. I don't, I don't, I don't know how it would directly affect them, but it could, there, I guess there's something that could be said that it could align their uh, they they won't have that to worry about during the season too because they mm-hmm. do their seasons do align pretty heavily. Yeah, they play um, a, play a summer schedule. So I I, I kind of hate to say it, but it could be a positive for the independence. I don't know. Uh, we will see. Yeah, um, I don't know that it will see any effect on the field. Um, I don't know if maybe they have more money to spend in marketing now or or maybe they're not going to do that either because they don't want to you know they were they were probably losing money on the hounds as well um i I don't want to speculate too much uh maybe we'll hear from the team at some point regarding the news uh but sucks for hounds fans uh but at least there's hope that the team will return in a couple years um seems like that the whole league is kind of restructuring a little bit you you mentioned that there's a couple other teams that are 
either folding or taking a taking a couple of years off as well. So mm-hmm. that that's kind of odd. Um, it's always kind of weird when when a group owns and operates multiple sports across multiple leagues. Um, yeah. Because I, I don't know, it's hard to, especially when they share like a staff so heavily. Um, yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe now that they are, you know, only focusing on soccer, maybe they'll, maybe it will. Um, the independents will see kind of a passive benefit from that. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't want to. I don't want to sound like we're dancing on the grave I, of the hounds or anything like that true. either. I will say that I'm. I will miss them because I went to my first game last year and it was great. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, and we and welcome any any hound supporters out to to the, the Plex uh, to hang out, go to go to soccer games, channel that uh, lacrosse energy into soccer um, just for a couple of years, and then you can have your team back, uh, hopefully in twenty twenty one. So um, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to like sound like we're uh, happy about this in any way because um, it sucks when a team goes away for any reason, um, but. Yeah, that kind of wraps us up for this week. We'll be back later this week to talk uh, Charleston Battery. Um, I don't want to complain more at at the end of this episode, so I will save my thoughts on the USL schedule people and whoever decided to move the game back uh, and schedule it on Sunday to begin with. I'll save those thoughts for later this week, Uh, but they are not good (laughs) thoughts. So if you're listening to this, stay tuned for, for a rant on that. Do you have anything to add, Ben? Um, not that I can think of. All righty. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed your April Fool's Day. Uh, I hope you didn't get got by too many crazy stories. And I hope you have a great rest of your week. And come on, you jacks.